We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for 4-12-09, April 12th, 09. And uh, we want to wish everybody a happy Ishtar Sunday. Uh, I, as I was driving over here, we, I noticed all the churches just bulging with, with cars and and uh, they're out to get there. M- many times, I know there's a certain sect of the population that that's the only time you'll see them is either in the Xmas. Saturnalia, um, celebrating the sun god Tammuz's birthday of Christmas, Xmas, uh, and uh, and or the pagan holiday of Ishtar, um, which we know as Easter, which they have to determine through astrology every year. It's the only way they can find when it actually is. It moves around. So how in the world could it be the date when uh, Jesus Christ was resurrected. If it if the date changes, just something to think about. I've done a whole teaching on on Easter or Ishtar. Just keen Easter Ishtar in my search box on my homepage, and um, you can see how the the witches and warlocks just love it. And uh, it's a pagan holiday, and uh, the Bible says to learn not the way of the heathen. In that reference, it was talking about actually uh, an Xmas tree in the Bible in Jeremiah. And um, it's uh, it's an abomination, plain and simple. And uh, the more you know, it's kind of funny how the world has no problem celebrating. I saw all the bikers too; they've been out in force. All the bikers in our area, uh, they come out on all these pagan holidays, and they got no problem. And they're dressed up in their Harley gear and on their Harleys and these big obnoxious bikes that they ride around and it's like they go and, and I notice that they really they have that bro cream religion spirit that little dabble do you and they're riding around everywhere thinking that they're doing something good justifying their wicked behavior and I'm not saying this in a sanctimonious self-righteous way I mean I, I've said this before if I got what I deserve I get death and hell apart from the Lord Jesus Christ I'm just telling you that it's just a it's just amazing and in the church is just you know Every church I drove by, you know, the parking lot's just packed out. <laughs> it's just pathetic. I, a couple of Christian brothers in my area, they came over uh, late last night. They asked me if I had any resources for um, uh, Easter, Ishtar. And um, I didn't have a whole lot on that, but I gave them a whole bunch of pamphlets on um, the corporate 501c3 church. I just got some really good ones on... Um, uh, homosexuality. Uh, uh, thank you, Tracy. You sent those to me, and um, they had some they had some uh, handouts on Ishtar, and they were going to go to their the uh, our local corporate mega church, uh, McGregor Baptist, and they were going to go stir up some trouble this morning and, and hand those out in the parking lot. Praise the Lord! I used to do that a lot when when before when I had time. I don't really have time, sometimes callings tend to shift, I'm so uh, uh, busy with this ministry, um, inundated I should say, and, and the Lord's, you know, the Lord's provided, and, um, but uh, yeah, they're down there today, I pray the Lord Jesus Christ bless them in their efforts to wake people up, but this this is going to be our sixth and final part of, uh, of this teaching we started on pornography. Uh, not pornography, but child pornography and uh, pedophilia. There was one last part I really felt that was necessary to add in to this, to kind of round this teaching out. 
And uh, I got an email from a man named Rudy from Belgium, at which is, now remember, this is where a, a lot of this that we were talking about with this Mark Dutro took place. And he said, hi, I'm Rudy from Belgium. I listen to your latest weekly Bible study on child pornography and pedophilia. What you said about Dutro is absolutely true. And I want to tell you uh, more of this period of time. It is a fact that about 30 people who were connected to the Dutro case, that those same people all died in a short space of time. And I remember, I kind of went into that, but he's confirming it here. Uh, they died in a strange manner. I believe they were all murdered. There's even a book written about it. It's the biggest cover-up in Belgium's history. Many of the politicians are Freemasons. Now, I kind of maybe touched on that a little bit, but he's confirming that as well. The Freemasons. Now, remember what I had said before, too. As particularly if you get to the higher levels, and somebody that's going to be something like a judge or, or up at a very high level politically or within the government, generally are going to be either 32nd or 33rd degree Freemasons. And as Bill Schneblin had said, you know, the higher you go up in the Freemasons, the more uh, tendencies you'll have toward child pedophilia. It's like the spirits. You, you go up, you, you, have, you take your blood oaths, and that's why the Bible says, swear not. Okay, we're not supposed to go around taking oaths and swearing uh, about things. Yeah, the, you can just do a keyword search for um, these uh, swear not in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament. Jesus, Christ, you know, Jesus Christ Himself gets into that subject. Anyway, uh, these Freemasons they take all these blood oaths, and they have more of this tendency then to uh, to get into pedophilia. So many of the politicians, he says, are Freemasons. Most of them are from the three major political parties in Belgium, namely the, quote, Christian Democrats. <laughs> that's a, boy, that's a mouthful there, Christian Democrat. Uh, not to say that, that Republicans are perfect or what, I, mean, I understand it's the Hegelian dialectic, and they pit one side against the other, and they create the controlled outcome by that. But Christian Democrats, socialistic parties, and the worst of all, the liberals. I, I can't, a Christian Democrat, and then they've got liberals? Wow, that's, <laughs> I thought a Democrat was a liberal pretty much, but evidently they got different system over there. He says, I believe my country is under a curse of the Jezebel spirit. Here in our capital city in Brussels, in front of the EU, or the European Union government building, stands a metal framework of a woman that sits on a bull. It represents the woman on the beast from the book of Revelation. I agree. I agree. It is a Jezebel spirit, and it's not just there, uh, but there are some countries that have a tendency toward more wickedness, you know, than than others. Um, the Christian church in my country is so divided, it's sad to see. Many pastors are building their own little empires. That's true. That's what we have here, a, a ton of that in America as well. Um I know they don't have a lock on that, and, and it's a shameful thing, but it's what happens. Um, we're going to go ahead and finish this uh, study up with a little look at this. It's called the Franklin cover-up. And um, this Franklin cover-up, uh, I want to just give you a little bit of case history. This is a summary of franklincase.org, and it relates to the last five studies that we've done here. Uh, this hits more closer to home regarding the um, uh, the pedophilia, particularly in America. There's a 
this is franklincase.org, as I said, and there's several things you can go up there and look at if you really want to know more about this. There's a documentary called The Conspiracy of Silence that you can click on. In fact, they've got a link here. You can click on it, watch it. Uh, they've got a timeline of these events. They've got a Franklin cover-up by John DeCamp. Now, that senator, this is a senator, an ex-senator that wrote this book. And we're going to be looking at part of his interview, not the whole thing, because it's it's too horrific. I, I was going to get into this really in depth. And, you know, it's a fine line between ex- reproving and exposing the fruitful works of darkness and reproving them. And, and it's also a fine uh, line between uh, not even mentioning, you know, these types of things because it's not even appropriate. Because they're so wicked, you, you have to kind of draw the line in, in, uh, about what you say about a particular thing. Because you can really get into the gory side of these matters, and it's just, it's so wicked you shouldn't even be uttering it. But um, they've got a lot of resources up on this particular site that you can go. It's all, a lot of it's free. And they've got, even got an in-depth 18-page overview of this. Uh, this is just a summary of this particular thing. On November 4th, 1988, the Obama, Obama... Sorry, I didn't mean to say that, but Omaha Franklin Credit Union <laughs> was raided and closed by the IRS and the FBI. The raid was the raid and closing were conducted resulting from an audit of Lawrence King's um, Lawrence King, who is the Franklin Credit Union's manager. There was this thing called the Franklin Credit Union. He was the manager. Uh, and his personal tax returns. Initial public investigations estimated that King had stolen about $4 million from the Franklin Credit Union assets. Okay, this is this guy who was the actual credit union's manager. He stole $4 million. Um, by the end of the investigation, officials totaled the missing assets to the tune of $39 million. Guy stole a lot of money. Along with the charges of embezzlement, reports came in the FBI had consf- confiscated child pornography, videotapes, and photographs at the Franklin Credit Union offices. He was evidently keeping the stuff here. Well, wickedness begets wickedness. I mean, if you stay in wickedness, you're just... The devil's not going to be content with you just embezzling money. If you stay in that mode, you're typically going to go further with it and maybe, maybe go to more depraved things. And evidently that's what's happening here. Now, I had said before, there's this documentary called The Conspiracy of Silence. And if you go and do a keyword search for that on the internet or go up to this franklincase.org, you can watch this. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but it, it really details this. The video quality isn't that great, and that is because um, it was pulled. Um, the networks made sure this was pulled before it actually aired. And we're, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. Uh Going back to this article, it says, Investigators began looking into allegations involving drugs, sexual misconduct, child abuse, pornography, and satanic activity, which is usually all connected when you get to this stuff. Accompanying the allegations were the names of prominent individuals in the Omaha community. Uh, in January of 1989, the Nebraska State Legislature constituted a committee to look into the child abuse and drug allegations. Twenty days later... Nebraska State Attorney General Robert Spire called a grand jury to investigate allegations of what became known as the Franklin case. By February, the formation of the state committee was threatened. 
that their investigation would not receive the full support of local law enforcement. Now we start the cover-up. All of a sudden it's not going to receive... Why? Why wouldn't it receive the... Well, it's just like all these other cases we talked about where there's this cover-up going on and nobody ends up getting punished and, and there's all these stumbling blocks and nothing ever really gets done. Same deal. Uh, let's see here. At the same time, the Omaha Police Department and the FBI declared that they were unsuccessful in finding ev- any evidence of child abuse related to the alleged perpetrators. Now, hold on. It just said here that when they had when they had went into this um, credit union, that the reports came the FBI had confiscated child pornography, videotapes, photographs of the Franklin Credit Union offices. All of a sudden, now they don't have any proof of that? Happens a lot. All of a sudden, the evidence is missing or gone. They can't find the perpetrators. Throughout the spring and the summer, the Franklin case slowly moved through the court system until August of 1989 when Gary Caradori was hired as chief investigator for the legislature's Franklin committee. Over the next several months, Caradoli Caradori, I'm sorry, and his committee videotaped hours of victim interviews and exhausted every possible lead. During those months, Caradori met with the FBI and the legislature to review his investigation, but no matter what he had, didn't seem concrete enough for the FBI to take any further action. And isn't that, again, what we saw before with Dutroux? He's doing all this horrific stuff. They got these Keystone cops they send there that are part of the cover-up. Oh, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. I mean, there's, there's little girls screaming that they can hear in the dungeons. Oh, yeah, I think we heard something. I don't know. Man, I guess it was our imagination. Same deal. Man, I tell you, it's unbelievable. Uh, but in a June trip to Chicago with his son Andrew, Mrs. Caradori, he finally found what he had been in search of. Rusty Nelson had met with Caradori in Chicago, giving him photographs that could easily indict major suspects in the case. Tragically, neither Gary nor his son made it back from Chicago alive. Caradori's single-engine plane went down in Aurora, Illinois, killing both him and his son. Witnesses said that they saw a flash of light and that the plane came apart in the air. Well, in other words, there was a bomb on the plane. He had information that was going to indict these people. Um, and uh, God bless the poor guy. I mean, you know, it's it's a sad thing. He was actually, even though he was probably unsaved, he was on the cause of, he was actually battling for the cause of righteousness, it seems. Uh, and he, uh, they blew up his plane. And then it goes on to say more unusual was that the pieces of the plane and all of Caridori's personal items were missing when the police arrived at the crash site. Boy, you talk about a cover-up. They even had people on the ground waiting for the fragments of the plane to drop. This is how extensive of a cover-up this was, and is. Shortly after Gary Caridori's death, Tony uh, Bonner and Danny King, two of the four main witnesses, recanted their testimonies. These are main witnesses that saw that all we're going to recant our testimony now. Well, all they would have had to have been done is say, hey, listen, you want to end up like Gary, this Gary Caradori? Then shut your mouth. Happens all the time. In Mark Dutro's case, we just read, 30 witnesses died. Because those witnesses know a lot of things about the people in high places that don't want to be exposed. 
After the recants, the case started to fall apart for the prosecutors. The two witnesses who stood by their testimonies were later charged with perjury. So in other words, they did still have two witnesses that stood by. They still had backbone. But they were charged with perjury, the two witnesses. And, and, and which was unheard of for the age of witnesses. Normally you don't hear witnesses being charged with this. Witness Alicia Owen was indicted on eight counts of perjury. While the other witness, Paul Bonacci, was indicted on three counts of perjury. Both Owen and Bonacci were sentenced stiff jail time. Both of which served in full. And yet, the pedophiles don't get anything. But the people that want to expose them either get killed or get stiff jail time. Again, I don't say all this stuff to make you mad. Pray about it. If you don't know about it, how do you ever know to pray to pray about it? This is wickedness. This is something we should be praying that you know God expose this and reprove this and, and foil the efforts of the wicked. That's why I did that teaching on Psalm sixty four. You can keyword search that Psalm sixty four or imprecatory prayers in the keyword search box on my homepage. Days after Bonacci and Owen's indictment, the grand jury threw the whole case out. <laughs> so, they, the other, the, the main guy that was prosecuting, his plane blows up with his son. All that information's gone. All the information in the plane that they were carrying with them that would indict them. All that was gone. And then they had four witnesses. Two of them recanted because they probably succumbed to fear. Two of them were indicted, and then after they were after Bonacci and Owens' indictments, the grand jury just threw the whole case out. Nothing, nothing. Labeling it as a carefully crafted hoax, issuing an unusual and unprecedented report. Uh, this should make you righteous indignant. I know. I believe it makes God righteous indignant. Be angry and sin not. Now you know how you feel when you see this. Going further, says, while years have passed, many Omaha natives have put this dark part of Omaha behind them. But many stones went unturned. Throughout the Franklin case, Senator John DeCamp, he was an ex-senator at the time, but Senator John DeCamp worked alongside with Senator Lowen Schmidt as his advisory lawyer. But after the case fizzled, he started investigating the case on behalf of different victims. Now, this is an ex-senator. After years of investigating the case, DeCamp wrote the Franklin cover-up. So you can't say, well, there's no credible witnesses. Come on, you got an ex-senator here. And you talk about somebody with something to lose, typically, you know. Um, so he wrote this whole book, the Franklin cover-up. You can go on the internet and buy it. Which serves as an invaluable resource in the education of forever unraveling this case. In 1989, John DeCamp represented Paul Bonacci in a lawsuit filed against Lawrence King. Now, this was one of the guys that was we just talked about was indicted. He filed a lawsuit against this Lawrence King, the guy that probably stole $39 million and had the child pornography and pedophilia stuff that they found that was most likely destroyed. The judge presided over the case finally handed Franklin prosecutors their first legal victory, awarding Bonacci's $1 million to be paid by Larry King himself. Well, you know, I, granted, it's not 
what we would have hoped for. It's something, um, but at least they got the victory in that regard. DeCamp and others continue to fight for justice, working to expose those responsible for these heinous crimes. Now, I'm going to read you a little bit more about this. I'm not going to go into great detail. I was, and you know, we've read so many horrific things over this six-part report. I'm just going to give you kind of the highlights of this, and I think we've heard enough at this point to, uh, hopefully you're convinced at this point. This is a little article um, entitled, Ex-Senator DeCamp Video slash Rights of the Federal Occult Pedophilic Drug Porn Ritual Murdering Elite. How do you like that for a title? And this is an ex-senator exposing this. Occult, pedophilic, drug, porn, ritual, murdering, elite. Now, I'm not going to read all this stuff. gets into the Bohemian Grove extensively from the journals on this and the horrific things that they do. And those are the highest politicians, highest governmental, political leaders in the world. Ronald Cronkite was a member, Ronald Reagan, uh, the Bush family. They all have their li- different little camps at the Bohemian Grove. The Bush family is known as the Hillbilly Camp. I'm not making this up. That's what their little camp's labeled. They're all members. Running around the woods, men with men, burning the lust with one toward another. I mean, it, it's... It's disgusting. Alex Jones actually got in there and filmed a uh, the ritual of the cremation of care. You can watch it and go up on the internet and, and key in Bohemian Grove Alex Jones. And I'm sure it's up on the YouTube or you can buy the video. Uh, I do believe they participate in um, sacrifice there. I'm not saying the cremation of care is that, but they've got this 40-foot owl, which re- is representative of Moloch. And Moloch was a child deity... Uh, that uh, deity that they sacrifice children to in the Old Testament. And they're still doing it today. He requires sacrifice, particularly of children. There is nothing too depraved for those type of people. And they're the ones that are in control. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. He is in control, ultimately. Okay, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. That's what the Bible says. But part of the strong delusion of the end times um, involves these wicked, ruling, globalist elite that are at the highest levels of government, politics, whatever, even religion. And really, you can boil this down to the 13 families of the Illuminati that are directly, essentially controlled by Satan. And, um, you know... Satan is just trying to defile humanity any way he can, and, and, and if he can have the, those at the very, very top do this, well, he's accomplishing you know, his will, at least for a short time. This documentary that I mentioned, Conspiracy of Silence, is a documentary listed for, for viewing in TV Guide magazine and was to be aired on the Discovery Channel on May 3rd, 1994. It was called Conspiracy of Silence. Now remember, I said you could go up to franklincase.org, find it. You can go up to YouTube, Conspiracy of Silence. Put it in quotes. That's the way you'll get a more accurate search. If you, if you know the exact phrase of something, put it in quotes when you do a keyword search. I have a lot of people that email me, 
And I mean, I'm just inundated with emails, and they're like, what about this, what about this? Well, a lot of times you can do the research on your own. Let's say you want to know about this, just go up there, put conspiracy of silence in quotes, um, and you'll find it. And that's a way you can do your, you know, your own research. Because I, I just, it's hard for me to, to keep up with it all. I'm just getting so bombarded with emails, um, trying to, I can't even, I don't know how many hours I'm putting in just trying to, to just answer emails every week. But um, going further, this was supposed to air on May 3rd, 1994, researched and documented by a British journalistic team who came to the United States just for the story. It was censored at the last minute. This documentary exposes the network of religious leaders and Washington politicians who flew children to Washington, D.C. for sex orgies. Religious leaders. Now, Fritz Springmeier wrote a book about it. And regardless of what you think about Fritz Springmeier, okay, I believe he's got some good research. The Bloodlines of the Illuminati, I'm telling you, it confirmed just about everything I ever uh, suspected or knew about the Illuminati. Uh, there's another one he wrote, another book he wrote, uh, I believe it was called Be Wise as Serpents. Be Wise as Serpents by Fritz Springer. Now you can actually go on, on the internet and uh, do a keyword search. Be Wise as Serpents. You can even put in the word Fritz, F-R-I-T-Z. You'll probably find it. Springmeyer, I'm not 100% sure how you spell his last name. But there is a site up there, at least one or two, where you can go download the whole book. Now you can't find these books anywhere, hardly, other than Bloodlines of the Illuminati. The other ones he's written on mind control and things of this nature, you can't find them. They've, they've been, uh, from what I was told, there was a, a very concerted effort by the Illuminati to make sure those books were burned. Very, very rare. If you ever found one, you'd probably pay thousands of dollars for it. But, and it's particularly, I've never even seen a copy of Be Wise the Serpents ever, anywhere. But you can actually go up there and uh, download the PDF and have it on your computer. And he goes into this, how at the, at the religious, uh, all the religions in the world, now I don't mean true Bible-believing Christianity, but all the major denominations of the world, including the supposed Christian denominations, at the very, very top, we have high-level Illuminati in place that are actually controlling those particular religions. I mean, why do you think you see so much wickedness at the highest levels of, you know, these respective religions? Well, if the head is sick, the body will be sick. And of whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage. If you go and you sit under one of these 501c3 corporate pastors that are wicked, and they're controlled by a wicked organization, and there's no biblical precedent for, for having uh, really denominations, number one, or number two, this corporate church structure where you have a a corporate governing body that rules over individual churches. Where's that in the Bible? I just don't see it. It's not anywhere. You know, the local churches were autonomous churches in their, in their given area. They weren't controlled over, ruled over by some corporate body in some other part of the... That leads to wickedness. Well, it's also very easy to control because if you control the top, then you control everything below it. Or at least influence it heavily. Why do you think you're seeing all the religious denominations getting worse and more and more corruption seeping into them? Whether it's Southern Baptist, whether it's Lutheran, we talked about the, the Lutheran, you know, 
cut. The, I sent out this email the other day. This Episcopalian woman, female, lesbian minister who says that, that abortion is a holy sacrament. Is a no? She said abortion is a blessing. Sick witch. And that's a compliment. A uh, Episcopalian lesbian minister. She's up there in her flowing garbs, her flowing uh, priestly garments, garments of Baal worship. And she says abortion is a blessing. And there's these people that'll sit under her and nod their head. Well, if the head is sick, the whole body's sick. And of whom a man is overcome, the same he's brought into bondage. If you go to these churches, don't think you're not being affected spiritually, because you are. I, I, I know I go and I know it's wrong, but I just can't break free. It's because it's, it's spiritual wickedness, bondage, that you're under. You need to pray and fast that you break free. People ask me all the time, where do I go to church? I don't know what to tell you. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I know of a... Um, a couple different churches in America that are that are um, non five hundred one c three. Pastor Watson's church, Pastor Adams' church. He took over Pastor Slattery's church. Pastor Adams is in uh, the Bellevue, Florida area. Pastor Watson is in uh, the North Carolina area. You can find Pastor Watson up on Sermon Audio. Uh, I'm not saying there's not any other good churches. Okay, I'm talking about ones that are truly non five hundred one c three. They're not incorporated. They're not under the government. They're not under any kind of denominational rule. They're King James, Bible-believing churches. They're just extremely rare. And a lot of times, the only option is to start your own home Bible study or church, and that's kind of what I did. I don't call this a church, but I call it you know, a Bible study, current event and Bible study. That's it. I'm not calling myself a pastor. I'm a teacher and a watchman. That's all I claim to be. And um, a lot of times that's the only option. And I wish that weren't so, but, you know, there's just few out there that, that want have anything to do with this type of information. It's not popular, and it definitely goes against the grain. But the Bible says, Jesus said, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. And most of these men that walk around in their whatever they call themselves, reverend. That's a totally unbiblical title, only reserved for God. The Bible says holy and reverend is he referring to God. Or they call themselves father. Well, I don't know which is a bigger abomination. The Bible says to call no man father, but your father in heaven. They take on the two titles that apply to God. Father and reverend. They take it on themselves. And they're anything but holy. They have no discernment. It's an abomination. I won't call somebody reverend or father. Now, I understand, father's mostly into the Catholic, but I, there's even some other religions that they take on that title. So anyway, be wise as serpents. Um, give you a little uh, eye-opening taste of how the corruption at the top of these denominations and why things are the way that they are. And it was all predicted by the Bible, Evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse. People are giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and they're speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. God is sending the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Bible clearly predicted this was going to happen. 
If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect regarding the end times. Jesus Christ, the main warning he gave regarding the end times was to be not deceived. Many would come in my name say, you know, here's Christ, there's Christ, saying, you know, literally, he said, believe them not. That's the time we're, day and time we're living in. Just confirms what the Bible says. It's not something that should discourage us. If anything, it should increase our faith. Because again, we have more and more confirmation of the Word of God there. So, going back to this article, it says, Many children suffered the indignity of wearing nothing but their underwear and a number displayed on a piece of cardboard hanging from their necks when being auctioned off to foreigners in Las Vegas, Nevada, Toronto, and Canada. Now, this is what this Franklin cover-up gets into. At the last minute before airing, this, frank, this conspiracy of silence, unknown, an unknown congressman threatened the TV, the TV cable industry with restrictive legislation if this documentary was aired. Almost immediately, the rights to the documentary were purchased by unknown persons who had ordered all copies destroyed. Um, imagine that. The cover-up continues. A copy of this videotape was furnished anonymously to former Nebraska State Senator and Attorney John DeCamp, who made it available to the retired FBI Chief Ted L. Gunderson. While the video quality is not top grade, this tape is a blockbuster in that what is revealed by the participants involved. Now, it doesn't mean it's a blockbuster video. You can't go rent it, I don't think. Uh, but it's it, it's amazing. I've watched it. You should watch it. it it's, you know... It's amazing. Um, and then they give the article, the uh, sources um, for this particular thing. This one source is Nebraska Inquiries Given File on Sex Abuse of Foster Children by William Roberts uh, of the New York Times um, on December 25th, 1988. That's one of the sources they cite. And then the Franklin cover-up, which is the actual book Senator ex-Senator John DeCamp wrote. A documental web of abuses that could have easily been a cover operation for the CIA mind control. We're going to talk a little bit more about that at the end. And child sex entrapment operations. There have been persistent reports of prominent politicians being involved in sex and drug rings of this kind. The potential for blackmail and the position of strength that the managers of such an operation could achieve is staggering. Think of the blackmail alone. That's enough reason alone for, for Satan to want to have somebody to participate in this. Not only is it defiling these people that are participating, it's defiling the little children, destroying their innocence. But it's also a tremendous source of blackmail. Hey, you get out of line, we're going to let some of this stuff leak out. How many times even in the last two or three years have you seen these politicians, oh, Foley, accused of, in Florida, accused of... Um, uh, these vile sex messages to a presidential pages, they call them presidential pages, they're young boys. Not one guy that got caught in the bathroom for tapping his foot and some kind of homosexual queer thing. You know, and it's on and on. And every time that happens, they say, oh, they slipped up. They, they, they did something to make somebody mad. Because that, that can be covered up very easily. They just don't let that stuff get out unless they want it to get out. It's a tremendous source of embarrassment, but it keeps people in line and it sends a message to all the other people that they have a laundry list that they can blackmail them on all these high-level politicians and senators and congressmen. It sends a message to them, hey, listen, you better stay in line or we'll let some of this information we know about you leak out. 
That's the whole thing with the skull and bones. The, the, the oaths that they take when they become that. You know, you have to lay in a casket naked with a ribbon tied around your genitals and you have to confess all the, the sexual sins that you've ever committed in detail and there's somebody there with a notepad. You think they might use that as a blackmailing tool potentially if you got out of line? It's the whole point of it. I know that's sick, but it's what they do. I mean, it's, it's terrible. This Franklin case is a case in point. How much evidence has come out? Or the MK Ultra documents that have been declassified. We'll look at that a little bit more at the end. They are shown as real and people ignore it. This MK Ultra mind control stuff that the CIA has done, it's come out. These classified documents have been out. It's not something that you could say is a conspiracy theory anymore. And then he says, okay, I'll get off my soapbox, but I believe that the media that downplays ritual abuse is feeding into a deep need in the average person to not know the reality. You know, ignorance is bliss. I don't think ignorance is bliss. Most people that are that are ignorant are going to go straight to hell, number one. I'm not saying ignorance is what, but you know, if you're ignorant of the true gospel. But to not know... You know, but that's what they, the average person doesn't really want to know. In fact, how can a person face the fact of the great evil in mankind unless they have either a strong faith in God or faced with insurmountable evidence? It's a good point. You know, if you don't have a strong faith in the word of God, a lot of times you're going to turn away from this because you just don't want to believe that things are this wicked. As we, we as human beings, we as human beings want to believe the best of our race and not the worst. They don't care who prints this stuff or if they are exposed because they are counting on the majority of not believing it. Well, I think they care uh, because if they didn't care, they wouldn't be killing people and going to all these extents to cover it up. But yes, the majority of people won't believe it. And people like me that try to expose this will be labeled as a conspiracy theorist or whatever and that's convenient that way they can just say that and go on and they don't have to try to disprove anything that I that I or whoever is exposing this is saying so it's convenient for those people uh, let's see here um, having done a pretty good job with the media blitz campaign uh, seeing and then they, they mentioned Newsweek or Time. Of uh, They've put out stories um, that this is just a laughable conspiracy theory. And, and again, guess who owns Time Warner? All of these major media publications are controlled by the Illuminati. Okay, essentially. And then he says, I have heard them laughing about this very thing in leadership meetings five years ago, and I doubt their attitude has changed very much since then. Now, this is in the actual interview, interview and I'm only going to read you part of this interview with Senator John DeCamp. He was interviewed by this PortlandIndiaMedia.org, PortlandIndiaMedia.org. Or you can just go up on the internet and key an interview with Senator John D. Camp, D-E-C-A-M-P. And you'll find it. It says, uh, this is a guy, his name's A.J., or that's his initials. A.J. says, Senator DeCamp, tell us about John DeCamp. Tell us how you got into this. You didn't even get into this to find all these whores. You were basically there to disprove it for the U.S. Senate, right? So he didn't get into this to try to expose it. He, was, he got into it. He was appointed to this 
to disprove it all. And uh, John DeCamp says, I was. I had just gotten out of the state Senate a year or so before when this started breaking. This about this Franklin cover-up. Let me give the story real quick. In North Omaha, Nebraska, there was a credit union, a federal credit union that was run by a man named Larry King. Larry King was, as you may remember, and I'm sure you'll hear about him again, this is not the Larry King on TV, but it's another one. He was officially listed in the New York Times as um, the number, in the New York Times and a number of other states, in mostly national publications. He was listed as the fastest rising black star in the Republican Party. That's what he was known as at the time, this, this uh, man that stole all this money and they found all this child pornography associated with him. John DeCamp goes on to say, Larry is the man singing at the opening convention on the election day in 1988 for George Bush. He was singing uh, at the uh, opening convention on election day when George Bush was inaugurated. That would have been George's, when George Bush was elected. Anyway, the feds raided this high-level Republican credit union in northern North Omaha. It was supposed to be serving to the minority community, specifically the black community, and they shut, they shut it down. So this credit union that this Larry King presided over, that he stole $39 million and was, cover, was a cover for child pedophilia, pornography, and trafficking, it was supposed to be a credit union for the minority community to help the black community. And he goes on to say, they said that there was a lot of missing money and that this was this and that was that. But some of the stories were even strange. The stories were coming from kids all over. Young kids, 16, 14, 13, telling about how they had been on Larry's, this is this uh, black rising Republican, Republican star, they had been on his private jet to this party, to this or that party, or that they had been at the Republican National Convention, or that they had been at this political event in Washington. And the stories had to do with how they were used as drug couriers, 13, 14-year-old kids going back and forth to the airport. They could get through without anyone asking them twice about anything, because he was a high-level politician, and these kids were with him. And it was a cover-up. They, they were used as drug couriers. Now, you always see drugs associated with pedophilia. A lot of times, even pedophiles need to get into an altered state of consciousness in order to commit their horrific, heinous crimes. Even if you've seen Satanists, I've seen Satanists interviewed before, and they said, even as a Satanist at a high level, I had to get into a drug-induced state in order to do the horrific things that I did for Satan. Child sacrifice, drinking the blood of infants after they sacrificed them, defiling infants sexually, even a Satanist. And see, that's the thing about drugs. That's what they do. They get you in an altered state of consciousness. You know, whether it's whether it's marijuana, whether it's alcohol, you know, particularly consumed in quantity, um, whether it's cocaine, whether it's meth. What those drugs do is they allow demons to come into you. They they it it's like it lowers your your inhibition level, obviously. And it makes you more susceptible to demonic infestation. This is why Satan wants to always, he's always using drugs in regard to these things. And you'll do things on drugs you would never do sober. 
So, this is the, uh, this is what's going on here. And then it says, regarding these children, they could get through without anyone asking twice about anything. They packed the kids full of cocaine or whatever in little backpacks they carried on their bodies, between their legs, etc., etc. Young boys, young girls, and these kids were telling much stranger tales that seemed bizarre at the time. Stories like that they had had sex with this or that famous politician or businessman. Now, this has been documented in a lot of places. Kathy O'Brien wrote a book on this. Uh, and if you don't believe her, you've got this as well. This is from an ex-senator. There's a lot of people out there that um, say that they were essentially mind control slaves. And we're going to look at Project MK Ultra in a little bit. And that these slaves were actually used to do whatever purpose that these high-level politicians wanted them to do. Sometimes they were couriers, sometimes they were sex slaves, sometimes they were actually assassins. And they would do this by creating this MPD, which we talked about that last week, the, the uh, multiple uh, personality disorder through trauma-based mind control. And again, it's documented now with the MK Ultra documents that you know even the government has released. So, um, this is stuff that's, that really has went on and is going on. Going further, um, so the senator says, I was the one who stood up and said, this has got to be the most hilarious, ridiculous story I'd ever heard. I mean, about, you know, these kids sleeping with these politicians at high levels, being drug couriers. So the senator de Camp said, no, this has got to be the most ridiculous, stupid story I've ever heard. First of all, he said, I knew Larry King, and I was the head of banking at the time. He was when he was doing all of his banking stuff. I was the head of the Senate Banking Committee here in Nebraska. So this Senator John DeCamp had total knowledge of Larry King, so much so that he was the head of the Senate Banking Committee in Nebraska. He said it's, and then he said, oh, it must have been absurd. All the stories started prompting more and more. And I said something else, and I said, look, now remember, this is an interview, so this is a little bit disjointed when I, re when I try to read it, but... He said, look, if I believe even one of these crazy stories, I'd be the first one to stand up and demand that something be done. I got a letter from a kid named Paul Bonacci, and he told me these things are not just fake tales. So the interviewer says, now later, you took his diary back, you took his diary that went back like five years, and ink experts and forensics experts looked at it, and they... And he had all this stuff written down. This was one of the kids that was being abused. And he and the senator got his diary that was given to him by this uh, Paul Bonacci. <clears throat> senator DeCamp. He says, that was a strange thing about this kid. I wish I'd been able to do that throughout life. But apparently, when he was a little boy, he was about 18. When I met him in jail, 17 or 18 as a young kid, his uncle or grandfather or somebody had taught him religiously to keep a diary where you mark everything down every day. Well, he did it in detail. So when I went and visited him, and he told me these strange tales, and then you had a clear psychiatric medical institution in the, in the state university say, hey, this kid is not crazy. In other words, he had a clean bill of health, even from the mental health institutions. Uh, he's not crazy, but he's a multiple personality. He's probably telling the truth, because multiples don't need to lie. They just switch personalities. Anyway, to make a long story, long bizarre story short, I found out that he was in jail because he had been one of those intimately involved in all of this, and he had to be shut up, um, and he had to be shut up real quick to conclude it. 
Now, at the time, I didn't realize it, so they locked him up and charged him with touching another boy on the outside of his pants, his cousin or something. In other words, they always try to discredit the witnesses, like, you know, the ones that had all the counts of perjury, because these Satanists essentially are trying to cover this up. The senator goes on to say, anyway, they have him there in jail. I finally agreed to represent him. And that led to a long, long tale that got me deeply involved in researching and investigating the collapse of the credit union and the personalities involved. Ultimately, on the advice of my best friend, my closest friend, godfather, or whatever, I eventually uh, began writing a book because he told me that that's what I need to do to protect myself. And that the man in that man's name was Bill Colby of of the time that I started writing the next book, Bill, as you know, was the head of the CIA and ended up floating dead in a pond somewhere. So this, this um, actually he had a friend in the CIA named Bill Colby, and he was the head, but he ended up floating in a, a pond somewhere, dead. He could have just been doing that just because they knew that he was friends with Senator DeCamp. See, a lot of times what they'll do is if he writes a book and then all of a sudden he dies then it adds validity to what they were saying. So a lot of times they don't want to make a martyr out of somebody, like the senator, particularly if he's already come out with a book, so they kind of back off a little bit. What they'll try to do, though, is discredit him, um, but many times they won't kill him if they get out something like that. So going further, it says, but I won't get into that right now. Anyway, I wrote this book, and as I got at the very beginning of the story and working on it, one of the things I did do was obtain the diary of this young boy to see what he had to say. And then I had it checked, I had the diary checked by forensic experts. And the forensics were called in because somebody said he could have just made this all up later. He could have made this up later. And I wanted to make sure that this was not done. So this senator, this ex-senator, wanted to make sure that he crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's and made sure that this diary wasn't just something this, this boy wrote down after the fact. So we had forensic examiners who said that the ink was done at certain times and that this could have only been done you know, long ago and so on. Anyway, to get to the heart of the discussion, and then this guy interrupts him and he says, one more point. Senator DeCamp, because I've actually seen the Discovery Channel documentary, this conspiracy of silence that I mentioned, that never aired, we actually played it here locally in Austin. I'll send you a copy of it. They found hundreds of videotapes in Larry King's office. The police saw it, and they freaked out. They hit it. They have never released it. And for all those children, people who actually got convicted of this stuff, these are actually pedophilia films I believe he's in reference to, um... And actually, all the people that got convicted of the stuff, when they claimed they were lying and sent them to jail, when the police actually found out the videotape proof, they actually hid the evidence. And Senator DeCamp says yes. The interviewer then says, I want people to understand, this is what happened, folks. This is what actually did happen. We're not making this stuff up. Senator DeCamp. He says... This isn't a fantasy. I ended up winning a million dollars on behalf of these kids because he represented them in court. He said, against awful, awful, overwhelming odds, including the Omaha World Herald newspaper that attacked me so viciously. Remember what I said? 
yeah, he came out with a book. Okay, we're not going to put a bullet in his head because that'd make a martyr out of the senator, Senator DeCamp. But it says this Omaha paper attacked him so viciously, so what do they try to do then? They discredit you. The media's control. Well, the Omaha World Herald newspaper attacked me so viciously because one of the key individuals I got locked up in prison was one of their editors. So he was one of the people in on the pedophilia. So if you can control the law enforcement and the politicians and the media, you've got it pretty much wrapped up. How's the news going to get out of the media if the control media, who's bought and paid for, wants to cover it up? It's tough. Um, and then the interviewer says people are are going to prison for this. Senator DeCamp, he says he just got released from prison here about eight or ten months ago. This is the guy from the editor uh, that he mentioned. And then the interviewer says, hold on, you were actually just out of the Senate and you were hired to go whitewash the operation because you thought these kids' stories were ridiculous? And then Senator DeCamp says, that's what I was hired for, to go whitewash this operation. But it backfired on him because obviously this guy has integrity. But he was hired for that. He said, I did just the opposite. Well, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it's the only senator I've ever seen come out and do something like this. I've never seen one do it. Um, the interviewer says, well, I call you an impeccable witness. Go ahead. Back to Senator DeCamp. He says, anyway, so yeah, I won a million dollar judgment for the kids in a federal court, finally. And it wasn't easy. And I want to talk about that a little bit because some of the stuff coming out about the pedophilia in the Catholic Church now were things were written about in my book way back. And this ties into pedophilia in the Catholic Church. This book does. It goes into what they call Boys Town. Talks a lot about that. And I'm not going to get into that today because, again, I, we've heard so much on this in this six-part series. If you want to know more, you can go research it on you know, your own. I've given you those tools to do it. Uh, but anyway, to get to the heart of the matter, what you called about, as I understand it, I simply took the diaries of the kid Paul Bonacci and I printed a good portion of them in my book. And one of them, um, in one of them was a trip to an area described in 1984. I could even read part of it if you want. In fact, on this trip, he was taken to an area around Sacramento and then where they had great big tall trees and they went where there's some owl, some big, huge carved owl or something. Now, this is the Bohemian Grove, okay? What they're in reference to. This Paul Bonacci was actually taken there as a sex slave. I'm going to read you a little bit of that. I'm not going to read the whole thing, because it's just not appropriate. But I'll read you a little bit of it, so you can understand the horrors and the sickness of those people in the highest level of the government. Now, think about this. I mean, if the United Nations is wicked and, and we have the one world government coming and we know that these people are at the highest levels, they are also the most wicked people on the planet. None of this should really surprise us. It really shouldn't. So going further, this is Senator DeCamp saying this. He says, anyway, um, so there was what he claimed. I wasn't there, so I don't know. That's the closest I've been to the Bohemian Grove. Paul took me out and he showed me where it was. And indeed, there was a place there. And I didn't know there was a place called the Bohemian Grove. The senator didn't. I didn't write 
the Bohemian Grove in the book because I didn't know what it was. I just took his diary. Anyway, it is clearly... It was clearly where he was taken. I mean, he took him there and he showed it to him. And he was taken out there for the ceremony in which they committed some pretty horrible things on another boy and three boys. And they filmed it. And I just took his word and the names he wrote there right in the book. And by the way, just to answer your next question, yes, I put names in the book, dates and everything that they that I could just as they were. Why? Because I figured out... Um, I figured... Because I figured... I'm trying to piece this together. A number of threatening calls came to me after the first edition came out. So he was being threatened. His life was being threatened. And then the interviewer says, here you are ten years later in your winning lawsuits on their behalf. Um, Senator DeCamp says, that's right. Here in Austin, in Texas, every month they're grabbing the equivalent of five first grade classrooms of children by Child Protective Services. Now, I got an email the other day from a lady that said, please warn your listeners about Child Protective Services. They are straight from the pit of hell. If they get into your life, they will accuse you of all this stuff. This particular lady, uh, Christian lady, you know, I think she had talked about how they tested her, I don't know, her grandson, and they found out that he had supposedly methamphetamine or something. And it wasn't that at all. It was one of the ingredients in the, uh, like the, the cold medicine that's used to make meth. And because he checked positive for that, but it's in all these cold medicines, then they just totally, you know, came in and Child Protective Services, you know, they, they can come in and take your kids and do all the stuff. Terrific. Well, this is what the senator is saying. He's saying they're grabbing the equivalent of five first grade classrooms of children by Child Protective Services right here in Austin, Texas every month. It's a lot of kids. No rights, no nothing. Parents, it's just a total takeover. And the very people doing this here locally are involved in their own forms of wickedness. And that, which is a whole other story. These people that are supposedly coming in so wonderful and sanctimonious, protecting your kids, are actually participating in wickedness at the highest levels. They're just doing it with a badge on. The stuff is prolific. Now this is a senator saying this. It is a cult of evil. It is more widespread than you can possibly imagine. Senator DeCamp, we were talking during the break, and you made the point of how this is a new world. What do you mean by a new world? Senator, um, well, you just talked about some of it. You just talked about um, about five and six years ago on behalf of a family here that was totally destroyed by both the Child Protective Services, I filed a class action suit against the entire system. And finally, the plaintiff and myself, I just couldn't keep it up. They had unlimited lawyers on the other side, and this is an ex-senator who's probably got some money. But I did bring out an awful, awful lot of things that are sure proof, since enough of them, since then, from the way that they take kids. They just take these kids out of families. On, on essentially hearsay most of the time. The way your rights and parent, the way your rights, the parents are pretty well destroyed. Now again, I'm reading an interview, so it's a little bit disjointed, a little choppy. But I'm going to get into that now. I'm not going to get into that now. We can talk about that another day. And the interviewer says it's such a whore. 
senator says, a whole new world we live in, from I guess what I thought I grew up in here a long, long time ago. And that's why I said to you, it is it is a new world order. And I mean, I, I was watching the today. They're openly calling it a new world order now on the TV. Remember that the other day, Taylor? Right there. Boom. News, news reporter. Uh, major guy. Yes, the new world order that's coming or whatever. They say it over and over again. They're not trying to hide it. But again, it shouldn't be a surprise. Continuing, you actually have passages in your book of a diary. Well, he says, I have here the diary. Do you want me to read a little? Now, this is Senator DeCamp. Understand that I did not know that the thing was called the Bohemian Grove back then, nor did the kid Paul writing about it. All he knew is he was taken to this place. Just let me read it. It'll take three minutes. Is that okay? Go ahead, the interviewer says. I went in January. Now, this is Paul Bonacci writing, and this is directly word for word from his diary. It says, I went in January of 1984 on a trip. I was paid by Larry King um, for sex paid by men Larry King knew for sex. So this Larry King guy, one of the ways he was supplementing his sick, twisted empire was that he had all these these young, underage boys he was flying around the country to have sex with these high-level politicians. Okay? It was the summer of 1984. I was... I had sex with several men King knew in a hotel. Now, again, in light of all the other stuff we've covered in the last five teachings, this shouldn't surprise you. Now, if I started out with this article on part one, you'd be saying, oh, come on. But this is a senator reporting this. He had forensic team analyze this diary, and you can tell the age of ink, and it was progressively done, confirms everything we've talked about, in the, uh, in the previous stories, this should be no surprise, particularly that it went on at the Bohemian Grove, which has also been well documented. So, he had sex with several men, King knew in a hotel, then I flew on YNR Airlines, uh, by the way, that's a private airline or a private charter deal, and what they call CAM Airlines, C-A-M, another charter deal, normally that was used for Larry King. I never had much personally to do with King, I only went where he told me to go. Or in or around July 26th, now by the way, the Bohemian Grove is a two weeks every summer. It's the summer solstice because they're all high-level occultists and the summer solstice meaning the longest day of the year, they celebrate that. Okay, It's this big occult ritual thing they do. So that's no surprise there either. It says, I went to Sacramento, California. Larry King flew me out in a private plane from Eplick Airfield in Omaha to Denver, where we picked up Nicholas, a boy who was about 12 or 13. Then we flew to Vegas, to a desert strip. Drove into Las Vegas to some ranch or something. Then I flew to Sacramento. We were picked up by a white limousine in Sacramento and take to a hotel. I don't remember the name of it. We, meaning Nicholas and I, were driven to an area that had big, tall trees. It took about an hour to get there. Now, these big, tall trees that I'm referenced to are the redwood trees, which which grow uh, particularly north of the San Francisco area. I know because I've been to that area when I was a little kid. The redwood trees, you know, you can, they got that one tree. You go into the park, you actually drive through it. It's a tree you drive through. It's so wide, you drive through it. That's a redwood tree. Okay, that's the trees they're in reference to here. 
and it's in this area. Now, I, I never went to the Bohemian Grove when I was a kid, but I did see the Redwood Forest when I was a child. Uh, we, we were drove to this area. It took about an hour to get there. Now, I'm going to read some of this. I'm not going to read all of it, okay? There was a cage with a boy in it. This was at the Bohemian Grove. There was a cage and a boy in it who was, who was not wearing anything. Nicholas and I were given these Tarzan things to put around us and stuff like that. They told me to have sex with this boy. At first I said no, and then they held a gun to my genitals, and they said, I'll use the word, I'll use the word, and said, they said, do it or lose it, or something like that. We did this stuff to the boy for about 30 minutes or an hour. In other words, I guess there were two boys, and they were telling him to have sex with this other boy, and for all of their perverse, twisted, warped, ungodly, satanic, perverse whatever they got out of this. So sickening. They did this for about 30 minutes to an hour. When in came a man and kicked us in the genitals and he picked us up and threw us, he grabbed the boy and started having sex with him and stuff. Now I'm leaving a lot out here, okay? Finally, someone grabbed a gun and blew the boy's head off. The boy's blood was all over me, and I started yelling and crying, and the men grabbed Nicholas, this was the other boy he was with, and forced us to lie down. They put the dead boy on top of Nicholas, who was, Nicholas was crying. Then they put the boy on top of me and did the same thing. And they made him all, they made him, while they put the boy on him, they made him do despicable sex acts to the boy that just had his head blown off. That's what these sick, twisted devils do! Now again, look at the last five teachings. We have documented this. If they're capable of making child snuff pornography films, and this does happen, why should this surprise us? And again, I'm leaving a lot out here. They, and then, after they did that, they put me up against a tree and put a gun to my head, but fired into the air. I heard another shot from somewhere, and I saw the man who killed the boy drag him like a toy. Everything including when the man put the boy in the trunk was filmed. All of this was filmed. It was a child snuff pornography pedophilia film. I mean, you think you have problems? <laughs> in comparison to this, none of us really have problems. Then the men took with me, then the men took me with them and we went up in a plane. And I saw the bag, the boy that was in. They put him in a body bag. We went over a very thick brush area with a clearing in it. Over the clearing, they dropped the boy from the plane. One said, the man with the hood would take care of the body for them. About two hours later, then men, or Larry King, came in and told us to go take a shower, since we'd been hosed off by some of the guys. They made us take a shower together and we were told to put on these Tarzan things again and we were after we were cleaned up we were dressed in these things and we were told to put shorts and socks on and shirts on and we were driven to a house where the men were where more men were at with some others. They had the film that they had filmed earlier at the Bohemian Grove and they were playing the film and as the men watched this sick, disgusting, filthy from the pit of hell film where they're blowing this kid's head off and they're doing all 
as they were watching it, as the men watched it, they passed Nicholas and I around as if we were toys. This, these are the people at the highest levels and echelon of the world system. Understand the depravity and pray against it in the name of Jesus Christ. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves, and all that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear, and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider His doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord, and shall trust in Him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. It's the end of Psalm 64. Do you think these wicked men are capable of being redeemed? Do you think, I'm, I'm sorry, not capable, but do you think they will be? There comes a point when somebody crosses a line, and the Bible talks about it, I believe, in even Romans 1, where it says they were given over to a reprobate mind, meaning the homosexuals in particular, women leaving the natural use of their body, men burning after men. They were given over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That word convenient means proper or fit. Well, this is something that's not convenient. And this is something that is pedophilic, but it's also homosexual. The Bible says the wicked go astray from the womb. They, they speak lies as soon as they be born. The parable of the wheat and the tares. These people are just wicked. And I believe they were born that way. They were vessels fitted for God's wrath. Now, I got into all these verses last time. I'm not going to apologize for what the Bible says. Their consciences have been seared with a hot iron, if they ever even had a conscience. They're pure evil. They are of their father, the devil. Like Jesus says, you are serpents and vipers. You are of your father, the devil, and of his works ye will do. That's what they're doing. So, for the rest of the story, you, see, you can see the Franklin cover-up. I'm going to end with this little excerpt on mind control. Um... A Christian sister named Allison, I believe, emailed me this the other day. She actually wrote this. This is a good synopsis. I wanted just to end with this so you have a little bit more. And this isn't going to be an in-depth study of mind control, but it's going to confirm a little bit about what we've talked about. What is mind control? Mind control is a psychological tactic used to control... <clears throat> it's a psychological tactic used to control an individual's thinking, behavior, emotions, and decisions. It is unethical and subjects the person subjects the person to do and think things against their free will. The science of mind control has achieved the scale of criminal of a criminal subculture and left a wide path of chaos, confusion that crosses all international boundaries. The carnage that takes place under the noses of the public, obscured by cover stories and dead witnesses, and the incredible, incredible naivete of most news reporters. Now, that quote that I just read, where it started with the science of mind control, is from Alex Constantine in the Psychic Dictatorship of the USA. And again, this is confirming what we just read. Okay, It, it has a wide path of chaos and confusion that crosses all international boundaries. The carnage that takes place under the noses of the public, wouldn't that describe what we just read about the Bohemian Grove, is obscured by cover stories and dead witnesses and the incredible naiveness, essentially, of most news reporters. Every man, the Bible says, uh, alludes that every man is to be persuaded in his own mind, uh, Romans 14.5. And um, 
we are to be when we are to be of the same mind as the Lord. Philippians four two. Okay, so these are just a couple verses that relate to this. The government uses mind control today for the controlling people to create an outcome that satisfies their evil hearts. An adopted model for them is he that holds the gold makes the rules. They believe in truth that secret knowledge equals power. That's that's the concept of Gnosticism. Gnostic means uh, an occult. That also the word occult means secret knowledge. Okay? And a lot of these people that get involved in cults, that's why they're involved in them, because they think they're going to get this secret goody-goody knowledge that they can use and it'll make them more special and more better than other people because they have the secret knowledge. The end result of this secret knowledge is uh, control. There, There is a lack of laws in the states to ensure protection of the evil deeds of government officials. The lack of enforcement of laws already on the books that could protect us from the mind control abuse stems from the applied legal interpretations and cover-ups of the CIA, Central Intelligence Agency, and the NSA, National Security Agency, for reasons of, quote, national security. It is an an obvious truth that the National Security Act has been interpreted not to guard the integrity of military secrets, but instead to protect criminal activity of the highest order. Now again, doesn't this totally confirm what we just read? Violations of laws and rights, psychological warfare, intimidation tactics, threats to our lives, and various forms of CIA damage containment practices thus far have remained unhindered and unchecked due to the National Security Act of 1947 and the 1986 Reagan Amendment that allows those in control of our government to censor and or cover up anything they choose to. Surprisingly enough, there is a union between the U.S. government and the Catholic Church. In ensuring the success of the mind control operatives and victims, Catholic Vatican's intelligence of the Jesuits are working closely with U.S. intelligence to usher in the new world order. The Jesuits even created the hand signals and cryptic messages used to trigger and switch a mind-control victim. Mind-control was used for many selfish, evil purposes amongst the government. Some pro-players are mind-control and triggered to win or lose according to their owners' bets and favors. Did you hear that? Pro-sports figures that are triggered to either win or lose according to their owners' bets and favors. Oh, that, now you've crossed the line. Oh, I have it. Why would that, why would, I mean, don't you think that would be a great way for them to make money on the side? Somebody's favored and, you know, somebody that's, you know, 101 odds or whatever, and they're, and they end up winning? Well, not saying everybody, but to a certain extent, some victims, usually if not all of them, were women. Um, were used in to transmit classified information among politicians and other top dogs, including drug lords. These are couriers. Okay, they were also used for sexual perversions of the politicians. That includes uh, perverse sex, sadomasochism, pedophilia, and other things. In implementing the new world order, controlling the masses through propaganda, mind manipulation did not guarantee there would be there would be a world left to dominate due to environmental and overpopulation problems. The solution being debated amongst government officials was not pollution slash population control, but mass genocide of selected, um, really undesirables. A politician that wore the Order of the Rose was an emblem 
that was uh, ushering in the New World Order. Political parties make no such difference when it comes to the New World Order, and there is no loyalty in the U.S. to the Constitution. And again, this is just a really good overview of the situation, a good way to end this study. Also known as MK Ultra, remember we talked about that further earlier, and the Freedom Train to the Insiders, the highly classified CIA project was created as a guise under, quote, the research on problems critical to clarification of the fundamental aspects of the stimuli-response relationship in biological systems. <laughs> That's their technical terminology. To be correctly interpreted as to create slaves for sexual perversions for politicians, to deliver illegally classified information among politicians and drug lords, and to perfect the project on humans for the New World Order. Experiments like Kathy O'Brien were often conducted without the subject's knowledge and or consent. Many were trained since they were born, without, with prior approval from their parents, usually from ancestral families. Remember what I said before in the earlier studies, how the families are the ones that participate. They many times sell their children into the system for money. And they're, and they're abused sexually from the earliest possible ages so that they'll be fit to enter this system. And these families knowing full well what would happen to their children. They, they don't care. They're pure evil. They don't care. The government is faced with a, quote, problem. The world is overpopulated, in their opinion, and of, um, of a free will. That equal that equals lack of control. One of the solutions, Education 2000 which was designed to increase children's learning capacity while destroying their ability to critically think for themselves. As a result, creating a mass of controlled idiots, which is part of the New World Order. That's why the public school system is so horrific. World Vision, a Jesuit organization, led churches to give them money under the guise of spreading world peace. What they were not saying was that the money was actually funding a world peace plan under mind control. Now again, we've done the whole study on silence, uh, the sound of silence technology, new digital converter boxes. This is going to be mass mind control on a global scale. Okay, So they're, they're doing so many things to us on so many different levels. Gwen Towers, satellite transmissions, radio transmissions, they're, they're incorporating the sound of silence, which is an absolute patented mind control technology that's patented. You can go read the patents. Implementing that into the TV. We've got the controlled media, what they tell us. We've got all the stuff they're putting into the food, the water, the air with the chemtrails. It's also affecting our minds. That's why I take a lot of different clinical nutritions and nutrients. Things that God put here, because it's hard, you know, to, to, to keep a clear mind in this day and age and because of all the things they're trying to do to destroy us. One of the things I do, and I, again, that doesn't supersede praying about this, because the Lord can protect you, okay? Uh, but we are body, soul, and spirit. And, and if the, Satan can attack us physically through various means, and even if we're not aware of that, we're only as strong as the weakest link in our chain. I mean, if you're on death's doorstep, it's kind of hard a lot. It's kind of hard to do a lot for the Lord if you're physically on death's doorstep. So again, just a little point there. The uh, Catholics. Vatican's intelligent arm of Jesuits are working closely with the U.S. to usher in the New World Order. Knowledge is our only defense against mind control. Well, again, we need to bring the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying she didn't, but uh, prayer, these types of things, God can protect us. Unfortunately, again, but again, if you don't know about it and you're destroyed for lack of knowledge, you don't even know to pray about it, 
pray that the Lord would protect you in that regard, not having knowledge, that's true. It's um, And again, Satan wants to keep us in total ignorance about these things, saying they're just pure conspiracy theories, there's no validity, and Satan's laughing all the way you know, to hell or whatever. Because if he can keep you ignorant, that's exactly where he wants you. Totally ignorant of these things. Unfortunately, many are skeptical against the truth because they've been programmed through the media to think that evil and corruption in the government is absurd. There are no reasons beyond evil and selfish motives to control anyone's mind, despite the pathetic excuses the government uses to justify what they're doing. We're to be of a right mind to worship the Lord the way he created us. Here are some verses that support this. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Mark 12.30 Seek ye not what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of, of a doubtful mind. Luke 12.29 uh, Acts 17.11, Receive, they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily. That's in reference to the Bereans, which were more noble than those in Thessalonica. And again, this has to do with um, you know studying to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Remember, the word of God, it, the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the word. The word. That washing of the water of the word, this is one of the ways we become... We get sanctified before the Lord. Sanctified, I ultimately understand that that's through the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, his finished work on the cross, his blood. But daily sanctification, cleansing, okay, takes place by the washing of the water of the word as well. Okay? Uh, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So sanctification means to be made holy and set apart. That's why it's very important to stay in the King James Bible, you know, on a daily basis, and to study it, because it will sharpen your discernment. Just you doing that will help sharpen your discernment about these things. And Jesus said, when I go, it is expedient that I go, because when I go, I will send the Comforter, and, and he will cause all things that I have taught you to be brought into remembrance. Well, the Holy Spirit that lives inside a born-again Christian can cause these things to be brought into remembrance. He can, he can lead you to truth. He can help you memorize Scripture. Things of this nature. Um, Acts... 2019 says, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. And that's true. Humbleness is a prerequisite to serving the Lord properly. Okay? Uh, Romans 8.6, for to be carnally minded, meaning to be worldly minded, carnally means the flesh. That word carnal means flesh. Like, chili con carne? Well, that's chili with meat in it. It's chili with flesh in it. Okay? Carnival? That's... You're, you're going to a carnival to appease your fleshly appetites. It's very pleasing to the flesh. A carnival. Okay? That's where we get the... To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Romans 8, 6. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And again, the renewing of the mind largely comes, again, once you're born again Christian, largely is, is from the washing of the water of the word, the sanctification you receive when you read the word of God, when you hear the word of God. Okay, it builds your faith as well. And uh, it's very important, incredibly important, particularly in today's day and age. Um, Romans twelve sixteen, Be of the same mind one to another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. 
very, and again, this boils down to humility. And the Bible says in Isaiah 66, To this man will I look to him that is of a contrite and a humble spirit, and trembleth at my word. Fear of God will breed humility in your life. And to that man, it says, God will look. So, humility, if you don't feel like you have it toward God and toward your fellow man, you need to pray for it. You know, I know a lot of people, whatever you do, don't pray for humility. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Humility is always connected with blessings to God. And, and you can't go to God proud. And fear of God breeds humility. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the be- you want more wisdom? Fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of knowledge. You want knowledge, you want understanding, you want wisdom. I think we'd all say that, but the fear of the Lord is the prerequisite for that. And it says it over and over and over again in Proverbs and Psalms. It also says, The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. And I've done a study on this. You can just key in fear of the Lord or just fear in the keyword search box on my homepage. I believe that has to do with the overcoming as a Christian uh, teaching I did. Uh, going further, it says, um, Romans 14.5, One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Romans 14.5. And again, um, that's how we're going to end this particular series. And I'm going to go ahead and go to our next series, what we'll start anew next. May the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.